Today's podcast is brought to you by Banzoogle. Banzoogle makes it easy to build a stunning website for your music in minutes. Choose from hundreds of mobile-friendly themes, then customize your design and content in just a few clicks. I use Banzoogle because they offer a free custom domain name, a commission-free store, a mailing list platform, and live support from their musician-friendly teams seven days a week. You can click the link in the episode notes or go to banzoogle.com and use promo code JEWISHSONGWRITER, all one word, to try it free for 30 days and get 15% off the first year of your subscription. Banzoogle, websites built for musicians by musicians. Welcome to Jewish Songwriter, the podcast by, for, and about Jewish songwriters. I'm your host, Sheldon Lowe, and each week I interview a different Jewish songwriter to learn a little bit about their music, their lives, and their writing process. These songwriters are some of my favorite people, and I'm excited to talk to them, draw inspiration, and to share it all with you. If you're like me, you're constantly looking for new Jewish music, so I've asked each writer to share about a new song which you'll be able to hear in full on the Jewish Songwriter Spotify playlist and YouTube channel. Best of all, if you subscribe to this podcast, it'll automatically download to your device each week for free. This week's Jewish songwriter is Stacy Beyer. Welcome to Jewish Songwriter, Stacy. Thank you very much. It's great to be here, Sheldon. Well, um, for those listeners who maybe don't know your story, can you give us a concise um, history of yourself, where you grew up, and, um, and how you came to be a Jewish songwriter? I grew up in Suffolk County and uh, attended Stony Brook State University of New York. And then I ended up, um, after that, living in New York City uh, for a few years, which was one of the best experiences of my life. And uh, really trying to figure out what direction I wanted to go in musically. I wrote for film and television, and um, I did all kinds of things, uh, sang all kinds of wonderful places. And You were doing some songwriting in the city, though? I was producing bands. I had my own band and uh, did film and television. I was an extra on some soap operas that was interesting and fun. Wow. And just met all kinds of great people and ended up uh, writing a song for a, a late night talk show that is gone now um, called The Tom Snyder Show. Uh, mm-hmm. there, it was a really fun time. They needed a song as a tribute to Tom Snyder. So I wrote one and sang it for the producers and they said, well, you should sing it. And I, you know, guffawed a little bit and then ended up being on the show. And Merle Haggard was on the show that same night. And so in the green room, uh, talked to to him and uh, his band and um, he was so gracious and kind. Oh my gosh. And he invited me to come to a a big Carnegie Hall event that was taking place mm-hmm. while he was in town. And uh, it was a, just a marvelous uh, experience. What a it was trip. A, yes. I was backstage and I met all these amazing, oh, just the icons of country music. Yeah. Uh, you know, Roy Acuff. I mean, it was just Tammy Wynette. It was a marvelous experience. And um, mm. Mis- Mr. Haggard had said that I wrote a good song and that I should think about going to Nashville. So... Um, wow. So I went down a few times to visit the band and record a little bit in their studio and uh, in this one uh, band member's studio. And I, when I flew home, I started after a while, I started to feel like I was leaving home to go back to New York. And so that mm-hmm. told me something I just knew in my heart that I needed at some point to move down there. So I did. 
and uh, it was a a wonderful decision. Yeah. I wrote for EMI Publishing for uh, a few years and had a, you know, a nice amount of success, nothing staggering, but enough to make me feel like I was doing the right thing. Um, But all that while, I mean, I was so amazed at the Jewish community here. Um, I'm a member of a temple or congregation, Ohabai Shalom. And I was so amazed at the, the, the welcome feelings that I had there. And I worked in the religious school uh, while I was doing everything else and teaching piano. And I, you know, I would wheel around my keyboard to all the classrooms. And so by virtue of the fact that I was teaching, I became extremely familiar with uh, Jewish contemporary music and, you know, traditional Jewish music. So I was in the choir. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was asked to be in the professional choir literally um, a month before I moved to Nashville. Um, so I wow. knew that I was going to be doing that. When I walked in the door, they just said, oh, you should do this. And would you like to do this? And I was sent up to the Jewish Community Center and uh, I was hired on the spot for a brand new arts program that they were doing, uh, and I've made a long, long, a lifelong friend. Uh, the mm-hmm. director is now not at, not in Asheville anymore, but he's a lifelong friend, and uh, he hired me to be the music specialist. So everything just came together, and I could feel um, that this was the right direction for me. So um, I did a little cantorial solo work at. At the congregation, my joke was when the cantor can't, I can. And uh, I started really thinking, well, this songwriting thing, you know, if I could bring the aspects of a great production uh, into my Jewish music, if I could really put that kind of uh, skill, technical awareness, these players, wouldn't this be really neat to put out something like that? And so I did. I put out one CD and that was it. I was, I just, I could feel in my soul that this was the direction I was meant to be in. It was uh, uh-huh. gratifying to to feel like all of these aspects of my life that um, are so important to me were coming together. Well, I'm going to change gears here if that's okay. Sure. That was beautifully said. Um, I want to ask about Good Trouble, your song Good Trouble. And I really want this song to be able to be used and have this podcast support it continuing to grow and in the life that it's going to have on its own. So I'm curious for our listeners, if you could tell us a little bit about that song and the inspiration for it. Absolutely. Thank you for asking. Good Trouble, those those two words were have been the mantra of Congressman John Lewis for his, I, I guess, almost his whole life. Uh-huh. He's the last surviving civil rights icon, and uh, he's always said, get in good trouble, necessary trouble. Sometimes he says, mm-hmm. make good trouble, necessary trouble. But that's basically, you know, that's, that's the, the core of it. And I always thought that that was just an incredibly meaningful and makes you think kind of uh, phrase. Mm -hmm. I was actually um, in the parking lot of a Target, and I was driving out when I heard the words good trouble in my head and a little kind of a, just a little bit of a feel, a groove. So that's always my cue to look at what time it is and see (laughs) 
if I can pull over. Um, because, you know, when it when inspiration is knocking uh, inside your cranium, you you know, if you can... You got to answer the call. Yeah, got to answer <laughs> the call. That's when you text, hey, I'm going to be 30 minutes late. I'm sorry, or 10 minutes late. And so the chorus came out first and the music just was right there with it. And I knew that I wanted to do something with it. Um, I, I do want to ask you, for those listeners who want to be able to use this song, mm-hmm. when I think about John Lewis, John Lewis was uh, on the march, he was at the March on Selma, right? Mm-hmm. And he, um, so therefore... He was, he was beaten. He was beaten, right. Mm-hmm. But for us, you know, Jewish listeners... One of the ways that I will often sing like my song, If Not Now, or other songs around Shabbat Shirah and MLK Day mm-hmm. is I will talk about Abraham Joshua Heschel, right? Who mm-hmm. was marching alongside Martin Luther King and John Lewis on mm-hmm. that date. Yep. So I created a video for the song mm-hmm. and I decided that that w- was the next step, that the impact that it made on him, I felt was enough that I needed to create a music video. And I had never done that before. So I funded my own music video and directed it and did everything from props to whatever. And I know that that video is being used um, for different interfaith uh, um, events. I I think that there are a couple of congregations who have shown it. I think it has been shown in a couple of religious schools, if I'm not mistaken. Cool. Um, so, so it it does have sort of these wings. I think it's just we just released it in October, right? So it's really still getting its sea legs. Um, I performed it uh, at the end of the Women's March here in January in Nashville. Nice. I mean, I could also hear it being used for Passover. That's an interesting thought. Especially if there's any sort of civil rights seder. I, I have some family friends that they do a completely civil rights seder. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you could you could play the video, you could mm-hmm. read the lyrics. Mm-hmm. That's a marvelous idea. I really, really like that. Have you ever led people in song with this song? Every time I perform this. I mean, I've performed this, uh, gosh, at so many events now in Nashville this this is a song where it's never about me singing it's it's that that uh song leader mentality which is we are in this together and we are going to make good trouble mm-hmm. so there's never been a time uh where it's just been me singing ever hmm. it always um gives life to community singing which is the purpose of this right it's to to bring us together um, I, some people have said it's an anthem, you know, whatever its life is going to be, that's, that's great. Right. I mean, I can also think of using it in like a religious school setting mm-hmm. when just talking about the Jewish values of, you know, uh, tikkun olam, um, different types of social justice. Or, oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. You know, lo alecha ham more, you know, we're not... Um, responsible for finishing the work, but we can't just stay away. We need to make a little good trouble. That's right. And I, as I said, I think it has been used in a couple of religious school settings for that just that very thing, for their social action, mm-hmm. uh, awareness, and discussion. Yeah. 
for our budding and even experienced, like myself, songwriters who are always looking for new exercises or new ways to think about songwriting? Do you, do you have any, um, like a process that you follow or, or one that is oftentimes successful for you? Well, you know, it depends, honestly. Um, it depends on whether I'm just opening the floodgates and just letting it go. Uh, or if there is a something that I'm trying to accomplish where someone has said to me, can you do this? We need a song for this. And those are those are require for me different approaches. All the years that I was in the EMI writing rooms, I was always interested in being the idea gal, the idea, I should I say idea person. And so I have titles and titles and titles and titles just in my notes, constantly listening. And I would say that is a very important thing to do, is to listen to the people around you and digest, because there's a wealth of inspiration in every single person that you meet. So listening, uh, listening is a very important skill, even though you're writing. Yeah. Uh, I think that we, we need to absorb and uh, process, percolate on that, on, on ideas, and then you know, bring them out in, in, a, in a song. And I would say that um, editing... You know, I don't have a process process when I'm just when it's just pouring out. But once it has poured out, I'm a real stickler for the crafting of a of a melody or a lyric, uh, chord uh-huh. progression, whatever it is, it, or or having a a melody that sort of identifies that this is my song. This is this is a song that when you hear maybe some kind of uh, piano or guitar, little tiny lick or whatever that sort of stamps, you know, it's like a little stamp on your song. So you know that song is coming mm-hmm. when you hear it. I like to do that. Right. Um, I don't always do that, but I like to do that. And I Agreed. and editing is extraordinarily important. Being willing to throw things out and not being married to this really cool thing that you think is really cool because sometimes uh, it's really cool, but sometimes it's really just, I mean, I write not, I, I don't really write for myself. I, I like to think of myself as more of a vessel. Mm-hmm. One thing that I think I'm hearing from you and which, or maybe this is just me uh, projecting it, but I think people who, uh, like myself, who co-write a lot, um, we have a, a really, the ability to detach ourselves from the song, um, which is hard, especially when you're starting out because they're so precious to you. Um, but I think... Once you are able to say, I want every decision to be in service of the betterment of this song. Exactly. And you can open yourself up to hearing what other people are hearing in that song. Mm-hmm. Like The more you can do that, the better you become at your craft, the better your songs are going to be. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, what you want is for the people who are hearing them and receiving them to feel uh to feel something great. And um, the more you can open yourself up to allowing other people to give you that type of critique, um, and the more sort of critiques that you hear, you'll, you'll understand, you know, um, how other people hear your music mm-hmm. and what sort of things you are really great at and what sort of things you should work harder at. Financially speaking, what are the different things that one could do I, I would say it's like any other, anything else that is your passion. Um, mm-hmm. But but I would encourage anyone who feels that Jewish music 
is is a is a universe they want to be a part of. I would say mm-hmm. treat it like anything else that is magical and important and substantial in your heart. I would say make room for it. I think that one of the the most interesting experiences I ever had was as a staff writer for EMI, which was not uh-huh. a time I was writing as much Jewish music. But I will say that having an appointment every day, five days a week at 10 o'clock, mm-hmm really enhanced my writing skills. I think some of this is what you want to do, and some of this is what do you need to do in order to be the best you you can be. And I think Mm -hmm. the more you write, the more you sit down and craft your music and your lyrics, the better you will be at it. It's like anything else. So I would say, you know, if this is something that someone wants to do, uh, find, find time every single day or nearly every single day to immerse yourself in it. Okay. So, lightning round. Oh boy. Here's the rule. Okay. One or two word answers, and uh, first thing that pops into your mind. So, no cheating. Hmm. What is the last book you read? Oh, uh, Carol Burnett's bio- no, autobiography. Yeah. What was the last movie you saw? The last movie was that uh, the movie Call, Call Me By Your Name. Uh, what is your guilty pleasure song? What's the song you're embarrassed to love? Ooh, I love this question. Oh my <laughs> gosh. What is my guilty pleasure song? Um, oh, wow. Okay. I would have to say, um, <laughs> play that funky music, white boy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> the best part of this song about this question is when I, I'm going to see everyone and I'm just going to play, you know, I'm going to walk up behind them unknowingly and just start playing that song and seeing them just. <laughs> there you go. You've got, you've got some, you've got some, some way to get back at all of us now. Uh, Stacy, I just want to thank you again so, so much uh, for being on Jewish Songwriter. It's been such a joy to get to hear your stories, and I wish everyone could hear all of them. Um, we might just have to do like an extended cut or something. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, I am I'm thrilled for you. I, I admire what you're doing. I believe in what you're doing. Um, your heart is so pure and you you really i don't i haven't spent a lot of time with you but the the time that i have um been privileged to spend with you has always been um time that i feel your your soul shines through and i really really wish you all the best in everything everything that you're doing and and thank you for thank you for, thank you for including me i appreciate it this is good trouble by stacy Byer. Gonna make good trouble Talking about good trouble Gonna be good trouble Coming your way We don't agree with your choices So we'll keep raising our voices Bringing some good trouble To you today You know we're watching, you know we're listening, 
You know exactly what we mean We've had enough of this nightmare We're standing up for our American dream Gonna make good trouble Talking about good trouble Gonna be good trouble Coming your way We don't agree with your choices So we'll keep raising our voices Bringing some good trouble today You know we're watching You know we're listening And when that vote comes around again You know there won't be any question What you do now will keep you out or keep you Gonna make good trouble Talking about good trouble Gonna be good trouble Coming your way We don't agree with your choices So we'll keep raising our voices Bringing some good trouble To you today
That's it for this episode of Jewish Songwriter. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. On the next episode of Jewish Songwriter... I play guitar, I, I know a lot of Jewish music from camp, I could probably do that. Jewish Songwriter is produced by Sheldon Lowe, edited by Ben Mazak of Native Sound on historic Cherokee Street in St. Louis, Missouri, and distributed by Hallelujah Music. Until next time, keep writing out there, and thanks for listening. Every little part of my body Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.